all, you can't really talk about the early second wave of the women's movement without talking about This is a WLRN extended interview. Okay, Venice Allen from the UK. Hey. How you doing, Thistle? I'm doing great. How are you doing? Okay, all, all things considered. Yeah, all things considered, for sure. So I am just reveling in the one of your latest posts in a lavender background. You wrote, if nobody is around to see you perform your agenda, do you, believe, do you begin to realize how pointless it is? <laughs> My delivery. I was, was wondering a that faux British accent there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, do they? I don't know. I mean, and then Julia Long commented, you know, this isn't just about, obviously, just about trans. It's about anyone, you know, all these gender stuff that people do, that women do as well. Will that all carry on now? We're all in isolation and no one's here to see it. Right. No, it's just the it's the perfect quip to put out there right now. And um, it prompted me. I mean, first of all, I had a deep belly laugh. Thank you, Venice Allen. <laughs> you consider a career in comedy. And secondly, it prompted me to go to my local Madison D. Genderettes page to see what oh, they're gosh. posting are you about. Not, are you not blocked from that page? This or... No, no, they <laughs> let me see it. Um, you know, you know how I am on the internet. I play real nice, and yeah. then that means that I can I can see things, and I don't get blocked very often. I do a lot of blocking. <laughs> I myself don't get blocked very often. Um, yeah. So anyway, in contrast to your post that is just so apropos for this moment that we're experiencing collectively mm. on the planet because of yeah. the virus. In contrast, they literally are talking about cis women and how cis women are not as oppressed as trans women and cis women really need to get in line and I need to, oh you know, gosh. express myself and my authentic true self and if you don't allow me to, you know, but all in these like memes um, and... I haven't really, really looked at, I haven't really looked what the British trans activists are writing at the moment, if I'm perfectly honest. Well, these are posts from January. Right. I mean, they don't work as hard as we do either, Venice. They don't organize as much as we do. They just kind of swell up and, and like a big, you know, some sort of boil or something on the body and then, then they're <laughs> gone. <laughs> um, <laughs> And, uh, yeah, so they're pretty vac vacuous, and I don't think they have much to say about the virus because, you know, it's it's a raining, raining down on their party. I mean, I have seen some trans activists uh, posting about how they're going to commit suicide because they can't get really? their surgeries because their, yeah, surgeries, all the, all the their cosmetic surgeries, surgeries are not as stopped, important yeah. as dealing with our current crisis, you mm -hmm. know. God. So anyway, um, can you introduce yourself to our listeners who may not be familiar sure. with the work that you do and just tell us a little bit about, um, yeah, who you are? Uh, I don't know what to say. I'm a mother of two boys and I'm a jewelry maker and um, 
I have just been involved in, you know, I'm just one of many British women who's been fighting the reforms to the Gender Recognition Act here in the UK for the last um, couple of years. And there's lots of different women all working on it from different angles. And um, we've done pretty well over here. It's, uh, and what's your angle? How have you been working on it? Well, uh, nearly three years ago, I, I, um, I just tried to organize a, a local event where we talked about uh, what is gender. And I, my aim was to get people from a couple of speakers from each side of the argument. And, you know, at, at that point, I, I did. I, I hadn't really peaked trans myself. I did, did honestly think that we could just talk about it and kind of come to some some compromised position. And then it all just blew up, really. Um, uh, you know, the venue got cancelled. Then we had to move to a different venue. And we, we met at Speaker's Corner. And a woman was, um, Maria McLaughlin, was uh, hit to the ground by three young men who think they're women and yeah so I just kind of got thrown in the deep end really so that original speaking event I think Mm. it was called um yeah what is gender what is gender the gender recognition act and beyond yeah that really specifically yeah we started a new I just want to say that I feel like you and British women are the ones who kicked off the idea of holding events, speaking events, where there would be like a public debate. Mm. I tried in my town upon somebody's suggestion because the trans activists started coming down on me in 2013, 2014, so pretty early on. And somebody's suggestion was, well, you should hold a public debate, a talk about it. Yeah. You know, and I tried and they wouldn't allow me to, you know, the trans activists would not allow for there to be a public debate or discussion yeah. about it. So you really broke through that. And now. it's Well, I mean, we are and we aren't like still. I mean, I've organized, I think, around 10 events now and, and lots of other groups and women have organized different events. I'd say there's probably been about 50 events in the last three years, um, two and a half years uh, since then in the UK and still um, you have to you know uh, have a secret venue which you release on the day the one time the one time we booked a venue um, and we announced in advance where it was was in Bristol and you know a huge crowd of transactors came outside and the venue was under huge pressure to cancel but they were just really great people who just stuck their heels in and said no we're not going to cancel but we had a huge demonstration outside what was so interesting at the most recent event that we organized um at speaker's corner again on women's day on the 8th of march we didn't have any trans activists come but um the very next day another group women's place uk um had organized no it wasn't women's place uk the labor women's declaration had organized an event the following evening and again, there were there were loads, and they um, let us smoke bombs, and it was horrible. Wait, but, the labor? What organization hosted a speaking event the day after yours at Speaker's Corner? No, no, and, no, no. It was in a community centre, just in the shadow of Grenfell Tower, and 
West London. And it was it wasn't a Women's Day event. It was the Labour Women's Declaration. It was called Defend Me or Expel Me. And it was all the people who um, were responding to what the Labour leadership campaign was saying about signing the trans pledge. I don't know how up on our local um, stuff you are over there in Madison. But, um, yeah, so they are still – they couldn't really do anything at Speaker's Corner because it's just a public place. They And after what had happened, they'd look so awful coming along again. And um, there were police there and stuff, so they, they, they didn't come to that. But if you tried to do an event, if I or anyone else tried to do an event about gender – and you said we're going to do it in such and such a place. Like I tried to do it. We tried to announce it at a Millwall Football Club um, a couple of years ago. And, you know, within a day, they had just been, um, what's the word? You know, just inundated with complaints, the football club. And they stuck it out for like a week. And then they had to cancel because just too many people, politicians, uh, you know, high-profile fans. People were telling them to stop, to not to host us. Mm-hmm. So you have to be clever about it. But you can do it. You just have to be clever about it. They oh yeah, I mean, me in in Seattle, I feel on February first, American mm-hmm. women successfully uh, organized an event in conjunction and partnership with the. Seattle Public Library. Yes, I um, saw all the huge. And there were 300 outside. people there, you know. Yes. So that was. Exactly. What are your numbers like at at these events? I've never what had that like? many. I've never had that many. I think um, the, we had probably over 100 or maybe 150 at Bristol a couple of years ago. And I think the one outside at the, at the Grenfell Tower one, the day after our Speaker's Corner one that I was just talking about, I think. I don't know, maybe 100. Certainly 200 turned up at the Labour conference outside the Women's Place meeting last September. Um, but I think, you know, the ones in Canada look even worse, don't they? I mean, I, I think it is worse for you. But again, it's when you do it in a building where you tell them it's going to be. See, the American libraries have a, a, have a constitutional duty to host free speech, don't they? Mm-hmm. Whereas um, I know the New York Library cancelled on Wolf uh, on a different occasion, but I think right it, within the same within like three weeks it was a a mm. January event yes, in right, New yeah. York City, and then it was the next event was on February first. <laughs> so so it's sort of hit and miss, but you know it's 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 crazy that you know, but now everything's changed again. Like with this virus, the whole world is shutting down. So. You know, who knows what's, what's going to happen. The good news in Britain is that the gender identity bill in Scotland has been put on pause. Um, so everything's just on pause, not just their surgery, all the legislation. But, I, I, you know, we just need to keep an eye on it. But everyone's thinking about other stuff, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I think that that sheds a light on how non-essential gender identity is to existence and just being able to function and be it's just it's not real and especially when we're all on our own yeah you know 
in our homes. But that's going to be difficult for all kinds of people, isn't it? And then it's going to be wonderful for all other kinds of people. It's just it's just hard to know what to say about it all at this point, isn't it? What's the feeling like in medicine? Are you in lockdown? Yes, we're in lockdown and uh, we can go to the grocery store or the hardware store, but we're not supposed to go anywhere else. You can walk around in the neighborhood, but you're supposed to keep six feet of distance um, from anyone that you you encounter. Um, And the the schools are closed. There's a shortage of masks in the medical community. There's a shortage of tests. Same here, uh, yeah. for the virus um and you know there's a homeless population that yeah. i don't know what is happening with them but i would imagine that that is uh a very difficult situation mm. when you're being told to stay home and you, you don't, don't have, have one yeah exactly so um and the streets are are pretty much deserted you know the bike path has a lot of families on it with kids because all of a sudden families are having to provide child care for for Mm. their own children during the day when they're not at work Mm. and so they're going outside on onto the bike path um and oh venice yeah it's a totally new world um yeah something that I've noticed in our feminist community is a feeling of solidarity and unity that I wasn't feeling, um, but I'm also kind of an optimist. Uh, I know that there's a, there's a lot of conflict and there's, um, you know, woman's inhumanity towards women, our internalized misogyny that uh, maybe you could say is the source of that conflict. Mm. Um, but, in this time, I've been asked by other feminists to join in on these Zoom calls. And have you? That's nice. You know, from just from your circle. local area or from all around. What was that? From all around the country or the world? Yeah, or... primarily from the U.S., but women from all over wow. um, are seeming to start they're, they're seeming to gather online now i mean max dashu is holding an event online oh. with a q a so it'll be it's going to be like a gathering of women um and she was already doing that webinars but now they're becoming more popular of course and more yeah. women are signing up to go um to these virtual events and so um, maybe this is a time for us to build our unity and hunker down and really start paying attention to each other, um, you know, more than fighting the trans activists. Mm. I don't know. Yeah, who knows? Who knows? There's going to be so many outcomes that no one can even predict right now. Um, I guess it's harder for a lot of women to focus on stuff like that because we've got our kids around, you know, all the time whether they're not at school and um so yeah I found I don't know I haven't felt very bored yet because I've been so busy you know I've just got I just sort of got so many things to do even though I can't go out so um and I've sort of found a real need to connect even online with people living very close to me I um it's interesting that when you 
I I haven't felt more connected with my Facebook friends for a few days when it when it first hit me the whole sort of the reality of this lockdown and this virus I um I just I didn't even I, I was even considering like deactivating my Facebook account I was like if I can't connect with people in reality do I want to have this digital simulation of it do you understand that mm-hmm and I've sort of connected a lot with, you know, I actually, you know, with with people in my own area, my local Facebook groups, and uh, you know, just people who are right that you can walk to. You know, I do feel that, it, you know, who knows how bad this is going to get. I don't want to get too dependent on the internet because it might not be there, you know. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I've had that instinct, too, and I've Mm. reached out to my immediate neighbors and we have an agreement and understanding of how how we're because we all live in the same apartment building. Yeah. Um, And so we're we're connected and ironically through the Internet, even though you can just go not. But because of the 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 virus, yeah. yeah, and so but you know that but I know it's down that they're there, don't you? Right. Um, I really trust my neighbors, and I feel horrible for the women who are in domestic violence oh, situations. God, yeah. Oh my! With all God, these men getting must... Pornhub subscriptions for free, can you imagine? You are listening to WLRN. But talking yeah. about sort of people, sort talking about people, you were talking about feminists kind of getting over their differences. Like I, I've been having not a very good relationship with my neighbour, and we uh, bumped into each other on the street and made up after all these years. And with my ex-partner, who we have quite a grumbly relationship, he's actually been really nice and um, cooperative. So I haven't seen a lot of this people behaving badly that you see a lot in the media and on social media like people blaming people for panic buying and stuff I think that's quite unfair everyone when I was because before the lockdown I was sort of going around gathering just enough stuff for us you know not panic buying just stocking up and visiting all the different local markets around here and I just saw a lot of humanity good community rather than bad and I think, well, surely the supermarkets, surely they should, you know, after a bit of seeing what was going on, should have a system to be able to completely flood the place with toilet paper, etc. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. They're, they're blaming us for being selfish. And I just think, well, I don't think people are being selfish. I think they're just being quite reasonable. Mm-hmm. And you see the bad behaviors, and this is the way it was pre-virus, too, mm. online more than you do in real life when you're walking around Absolutely. in the neighborhood. And I've, in my neighborhood, walked around, and um, one of the neighborhood associations suggested to the kids that are staying home that they go out mm. with sidewalk chalk and decorate the sidewalks. Well, that's a nice idea, yeah. Yeah, and so there were all these really colorful, bright 
positive messages about staying healthy and strong. We're all in this together. Um, oh, do you have any photos of that thistle? Because I'd love to see those. Oh, my! I didn't have my phone with me when I was on that Next walk. Next time but... you go out. Yeah. Yeah. I could, I could, I'd like to post that in my local forums, you know, and then the kids could start doing that around here. That's that's a really good idea. Uh-huh. Yeah, it lifts everyone's spirits. Yeah. And it gives the kids something to do. And so I want to agree with you that out there on the ground in real life, I'm seeing a lot of valiant behaviors you know people stepping up to be to not be selfish I went to the grocery store and people kept their six foot distance and you know every it it was eerie though because everyone was quiet like it was a lot you could hear the music more in the background because Mm. it was just quiet I don't know but it was still friendly you know and um Oh, Venice, who knows what we're going into. I know. Um, because people in, in disaster situations, the pattern is that, I hate to be pessimistic, but here, here we go. Be honest. The pattern is that there's a lot of giving and caring and compassion and people sharing and helping each other out in the beginning. Oh, God. And then as time progresses. <laughs> we start eating each other. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. Basically. Well, you know, who knows how bad it's going to get? I mean, so I'm going to cough now, but it's just a smoker's cough. <clears throat> um, you know, it, it, we don't know. Who, who knows what's going to happen? It's not, it, it's going to be bad for a lot of people, but it, it could be a lot worse, you know, for a lot of other people. We just don't know. I'm, I'm really, you know, I sort of, I'm not even listening to that much news. I'm just sort of, I like, they had a nice um, program on BBC Radio 4 last night on, um, there's a program, I don't know if you've ever listened to it, called The Moral Maze. And so they discuss moral issues. And last night it was about isolation. And um, it's really nice to hear shows like that where they're discussing current affairs and what's going on but it's not all about the numbers of deaths in Italy and you know that really it's it's very harrowing to hear on the hour every hour isn't it it is so I would I mean alternative media or a program like the moral maze on the BBC mm. I think that it's fine for in WLRN of course it's fine for us to be in taking those types of programs, but I mm. think you're absolutely right that it's not a good idea for women to be listening to too much bad news about no. this virus day in and day out, you know. Constantly, yeah, because it's, it, it's, just, it's just quite terrifying. We've all got people that we love that we don't want to lose, and um, yeah. I just think this is going to be a new well, let's, kind of um, normal for us. Yeah, I mean, we'll see, right? Mm. I don't know. I, I, for me, it feels very unknown, and I, I just don't, I don't know. I'm going to just keep taking yeah. walks in my neighborhood and assessing the situation. I don't even want to take walks because, like, unless it's necessary, I'm just following the government advice because. I know that if too, too the weather is phenomenal here since since Saturday, which is when 
it all started to be announced Friday night, the lockdown here. We, you know, you know how awful the weather is always in London, and it's just been beautiful, clear blue skies, bright sunshine, spring blossoms, and it just adds to the surreality of it all, you know. And I just sure. heard that if if we all go out too much, then they're just going to lock us down properly, like they are in Italy and Spain. Interesting. Yeah, but it doesn't spread. You know, if you keep that six feet of distance. Yeah, I guess London is just very densely populated. Right, and so it's hard to keep that. And then we sit, we saw what what happened at Mardi Gras down in Louisiana, which was an outdoor event that had thousands of people at it, and now the virus is just spreading like mad. I don't know. I haven't heard about that really. When was that held? In New Orleans. Whenever whenever Mardi Gras is, I just don't know the exact date. And but so there's loads of people got it from there, did they? Well, that's what that's what I heard. Um, I can't back that up with a source right off the bat <laughs> right now. But <laughs> we can that's look fine. it up and fact check it. That's fine. Yeah. No. Yeah. No. There's so much news in the world, right? So many. Every single. I think half the world is on lockdown right now. So we don't hear all the stories because. We're just hearing about in our own countries mainly, aren't we? Yeah. So it's really great to be able to feature British feminists and feminism for our April podcast. I got to talk with Katie and Naomi yesterday from Make Make More Noise. Brilliant. And you have an article on there blog site about the speaker's corner event which yes. was fabulous it was so grassroots and so it was. so deeply historical it was i lovely this so yeah and was that i a so wish you had been there you were wearing you had a beatles jacket on right like from it looked like it looked like from uh, Sergeant Peppers <laughs> i guess i don't know uh, you uh, not really but yeah it's a nice yeah Anyway, it was really I just, nice, and the rain, I, the rain and the umbrellas really added to it in a way, didn't it? To the video, I like. Yes, it. yes, um, it is. It's it's brilliant. So um, that's why I great. really wanted to do it. Why we wanted to go back to Speaker's Corner and just just do stuff where we like where it's where anyone can stand up. It's not this. You know, because although I've done a lot of these talks where you get four people on a panel and everybody sits there and listens and does questions at the end, it just was beginning to feel a little bit stale, that format. And, you know, what do you do? Do you keep going around the country saying all the basics or do you have really quite in, sort of in-depth talks for people and then that would alienate people who had just come to the issue, you know? So it, it just got a bit boring and... and Everything was getting so expensive. There's all these judicial reviews going on, which are great, but they just cost tens of thousands of pounds. And I just thought, you know, and then I bumped into Katie and uh, we just, because she was down in London, and we um, just decided, let's just do something that's virtually free in the place where talks go on and whether they come or they don't come, it doesn't matter. And it was so great. And then I really... I want to carry on going there when all this pandemic is over. And I think it will be, you know, interesting to do that. Yeah, because the British suffragists 
Suffragettes went there to get to stand on their yeah. to stand on their soapbox. And like you said, it was just it was so refreshing the way it was organized, how anyone could get up there, and that you had a literal speech way to elevate yourself, you know, to literally get up on your soapbox and then preach. I love how Sheila Jeffries leaned over (laughs) and her arms, you know, she was just like really reaching out into the crowd because during her speech, I actually did hear like some, they sounded like hecklers. They were, see what, what it is, Thistle, is that every Sunday, People go to Speaker's Corner to, you know, to, to have these speeches and they all stand on step feathers like that. And there's like a pathway where there's, you know, on a, on a normal cold sun, winter's Sunday, there'd be like maybe 10, 12 different speakers on different soapboxes and then people mingling in between the, the groups. Now, what it is, those people that go every week are mainly either... Christians or Muslims arguing about Christianity or Islam. They're Muslims arguing amongst themselves about different kinds of Islam. And the the other great demographic that grow are anti-feminists and men's rights activists, justice for men and boys. Because when I went to do a recce about a month previously, um, there were quite a lot of those guys there. So they go every week. And so that was the people you heard heckling. They weren't trans activists. They were actual men's rights activists. (laughs) And they weren't actually trying to disrupt the talk a lot of the time, but they wanted to get their signs, anti-abortion signs and stuff, in the the cameras. Right. At one point I saw a fetus poster yeah. in the background and I was like yeah. oh god um, but you know it just goes to it just goes to show you that it doesn't matter if they're trans activists or so-called yes. men's rights activists or anti-abortion activists all of them are hate women it's all they're <laughs> yeah. all woman haters and so and it, it just goes to prove that there's no sector of our society be it liberal conservative even radical that really stands strong for women it's Mm -hmm. always the women's movement movement has always been characterized by women standing up for ourselves um because really how can we trust any male led and driven and created organizations Mm. right yeah i mean yeah it's, it's interesting isn't it how how people get so angry at just women discussing being a woman and feminism it really, really puts their backs up. <laughs> Clearly. Yeah. I loved all the signage in the background in the video of just the black sign with the stuff, Wait, that was white letter. It was to protect the women from the rain and the wind. Right. So it, it, had it a really looked great, didn't use it? As well, but it looked great in the in the picture. So yeah. um, it was really, it really was nice so that because it was sunny when we got there. And then, you know, I'd been watching the weather hour by hour forecast, you know, at all the days. And and it, just right at the end, and right at the end, it was still saying that our window was going to be sunny. And then it just changed. And I was like, oh, no. And then so it was sunny when we got there. And then by the time. We'd set it all up, you know, it always takes a while fussing around, doesn't it? And then and then just after the first few speeches, then the heavens opened. But it really did. We all just kind of huddled closer 
But the shame was that it was quite, you know, it was an hour and a half of speeches. And by the end of it, some of the women were really quite tired and cold <laughs> and wet. And yeah. We were all going to go for a nice big photo by the, um, the, where the, where the reform tree stood. But we just went straight to the pub instead <laughs> because it didn't Got seem it. fair. Yeah. We were all so bedraggled. But yeah, it was very nice. And then afterwards, they thought it was so nice. We went to this, um, nearby pub which I had booked the basement of which has quite a nice big basement and when I'd booked it I'd given the guy one of my standing for women business cards that Posey had done for me and so he could confirm the booking and then when I gave it to him I thought oh god should I have given him that because he might look it up and cancel it and then I didn't you know and he was always really chatty in the text so I thought there's obviously no problem and then we got there and they were brilliant. And then I asked him, and, he, and then they they must have made loads of money out of us because they were serving food and drinks, and everybody stayed for ages, quite a lot of people. And then I said to him, I said, because then he'd obviously seen the T-shirts and spoken to people. And so I said to him, you know, do you, you know I wondered if he were going to Google who we were. And he said, well, I, I did actually Google who we are, and I'm now I'm a huge fan of Posey Parker. Oh, <laughs> so, that's great. That was really nice. And it was such a great pub because it was such a big space, and it's completely free to book. So we're definitely going to go back there again. Wow. Yeah. May we all be able to go back to the pub together with our sisters. Uh, we will. We will. You know, I think what's going to happen here. I mean, obviously, actually, no, you're right. Let's best not say what we think is going to happen because we can be so proved wrong. But, you know, I think it will all be all right. In the well, end. I hold you in the pub in my heart. Yeah. Sister. I sure <laughs> when we do all get out of this, people who are generally quite uh more stay at homey will want to get out and really interact with other people yeah that could be so we're all gonna value yes let's wrap up our interview okay and is there anything any message that you would like to say to our wlrn oh i don't know oh i don't have one (laughs) stay safe stay home and um, stay connected with everyone that you can. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for spending time with me today, Vanessa. That's all right. It's all anytime. Thanks for listening to the interview I did with Venice Allen, British women's rights campaigner, on March 26, 2020. If you enjoy WLRN, please consider visiting our WordPress site and clicking on the donate button to help us sustain this grassroots radio work we do as a collective here at the station. Or drop us a line. We would love to hear from you. I hope all of you are finding ways to stay healthy during the virus outbreak and so much social uncertainty. We are here for you, sisters. This is Thistle Patterson signing off for now.